What's up, beautiful people? This is Gail Keys Allen, and welcome to the Midlife Moneymaker Podcast. We have another amazing interview today in our How She Makes Money series, and it's with a young lady by the name of Ashley Palmer. And she has a really interesting story, and um, how she makes money now is probably in a way you've never heard of, and especially for a female in this industry. So I want you to pay close attention, and you may have just discovered your next career. You never know. Welcome back to the Midlife Moneymaker Podcast. Today's guest is a wife, a mom, a business automation specialist. She teaches business owners how to highly automate their business so that they can do their business while they sleep. She's another new friend that I met in um, Mastermind a few months ago called Made to Do This. And uh, she's one of the most sparkly people I know. (laughs) And when you hear her talk, you'll know why I said that. So uh, from the first time I saw her, I just knew she was someone I wanted to connect with. I want to welcome Ashley Palmer to the podcast. We're going to talk to her today about her journey, and how she makes money. So Ashley, I I really like to start with something fun and just quirky. So tell me your favorite food. Tell tell us your favorite food. Well, I'm pregnant right now, so my favorite food is mango. (laughs) So I've been eating a lot of mangoes lately. (laughs) Maybe too many. Is it it too many? Can you eat too many? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I have my, when your eight year old says mom, well, seven year old says, mom, like, I'm going to start calling you mango. Then there's a problem. (laughs) So I'm just like, okay, I think maybe I eat way too many, but um, yeah, that's what I'm loving right now. It's just mangoes. Okay. Sounds good. So let's go back. I was going to say way back, but you're kind of young. So your way back isn't that far back, but when you were growing up and people would ask you, what did you want to be when you grow up? What did you say? Um, I used to say I wanted to be a pediatrician from, I was five years old all the way up until high school. I thought I was going to be a pediatrician. And it was because I felt like pediatricians don't age. Like they're always young. So, okay. <laughs> so I was like, I'll never have to grow up. I get to be around children my whole entire life. And it was a, it was a compromise because daddy wants you to be a doctor or a lawyer, you know, or accountant. And right. then you know, being a pediatrician is like, it's still a doctor, but then I get to just be a childish doctor, right? (laughs) Literally a child doctor. So that's what I wanted to be until I got to high school and I had to take college biology because I was kind of advanced. So college biology, when you're in high school is not the same as college biology when you're in college. It's a lot harder. And then it was online like we'd never experienced online before and so our teacher was online and I literally like within the first three weeks was like okay plan b because pediatrician is not gonna work out (laughs) I can't do biology I don't want to memorize terms and that's when I was like okay what next and my love for photography and the arts was already there Mm -hmm. but my daddy was like no (laughs) so (laughs) that never happened (laughs) so what did you end up majoring in um, psychology, actually. I started off college doing psychology. My dad, that was dad approved. Mom was cool <laughs> with photography. So on the side, I did photography and creative writing um, because okay. I've always loved to write my entire life. Um, but, you know, growing up, you hear your parents say, 
artist starve or you're not gonna you're not gonna make money as a photographer or a writer and all this other stuff obviously now kids are so lucky because it's not the same but um so I majored in um, psychology which was really interesting I, I grew a love for it but mm -hmm. I never completed it because I had a very bad relationship and I wasn't smart about the choices I made and so that guy kind of had me not finish college and which i mean i blame myself because at 18 you kind of sort of should know better but right. you know you're kind of like you know in the clouds so <laughs> you're just at, re rebelling against your parents and everything they taught you and so i pretty much went through that bad abusive relationship and i stopped college but that's when i really got into tech and i got into technology and i spent a lot of time on the computer and learning about web design and all these other fun things that I do now. Okay. So. okay. so what was your first job then? My first job ever was when I was about 14. I was a tutor. <laughs> I tutored my, my neighbor was, he was, he's an, he was an attorney and, um, and his son went to private school because whatever reason, and he wanted him to have the best chances of getting into a good school. I grew up in New mm -hmm. York. So, um, everybody wanted to go like Yale and Harvard, all the rich people. Right, <laughs> and so, right. um, he paid me like, it was like a lot of money. It was like $16 an hour at 14 years old to tutor. Oh, his wow. And so I enjoyed that. It was really fun. But my first real job outside of that was at a bridal shop at 15 when you get your work permit and then you can go work. Um, I worked at a bridal shop and that was pretty cool, but that was my first real job. Oh, that's, that's definitely different. So where did you go on to after that? Like, what was your first like real grown up kind of job? <laughs> my first grown up job <laughs> was when I was in, when I first, when I was a freshman in college, I worked at IBM and in New York, they have, um, like, it's like a manufacturing plant. So they have the offices upstairs and then the other part of the building is people that make computer chips. So that was my first, I guess, real job out. Like I worked at like the Gap Distribution Center, which was loading trailers, but that's not really cool. <laughs> I was still in high school when it happened, but when I had bills to pay, I was working at IBM. And um, I would, there's different stations when you make the computer chips. So some people dip the stuff, there's like different jobs. And so um, somehow, some way I got the attention of somebody upstairs and they offered me a permanent position upstairs, which was very enticing. But um, again, that guy <laughs> made me quit that job. And so, oh um, yeah, I never made it upstairs, but like, it was, it was a really good experience and I got paid a lot of money. <laughs> so yeah, I thought you were going to tell me this totally different story. Like, <laughs> oh, I made it to the corporate no. part of the company and no. <laughs> no, not at all. But it led me, that experience led me to meet my husband, my now husband, because he saved me out of that abusive relationship. He worked driving trucks with my brother and he was a truck driver, which I come from a trucking family. So that's not like out the blue, like my dad was a truck driver. And so when I met him, he was, I don't know if you want to hear that story, but anyways, I met him by the grace of God. And he literally was like, I was about to go into the military and I had took the test. I got, I was going into the air force. I got my position. I was supposed to be a, a loader or whatever. And cause I wanted to travel. I was like, I am not sitting stationary. Like put me on a plane all the time. Mm -hmm. And he told me, he only knew me like a couple of weeks and he said, follow me and you'll see blue skies for the rest of your life. Go into the military. And I don't know what would happen to you. So I went to my dad cause I'm a daddy's girl. Uh -huh. And I said, dad, cause my dad was a military man. I said, okay. and a truck driver. So I was like, dad, military or trucking, which one? He said, neither one of them. You're a woman. There's no place for oh, My dad is a lot older. 
um, he was born in 1937, so he was, like, older. Oh, so he is a lot older. Yeah, he passed away, but yeah, he okay. Yeah, he was like, neither one. What happened to college? I'm like, Dad, these are the two options in front of you. Choose one. He's like, fine, I choose trucking. So I became a truck driver. I started learning at 19 years old, and for my entire 20s, that's been my career is trucking. So, I mean, I've done things on the side, but that's where I made most of my money. That's where I made all my money at that time. I had no idea. That is so amazing because... I mean, I know now women do drive trucks, but I guess I'd never, I mean, I've met guys that drive trucks, but not any females. And you're a young person, you know, and so I can't even imagine you behind the wheel of one of those big old trucks. Was it it like a tractor trailer? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So tell me more about that. Did you drive locally, cross country? Cross the country. I, I stayed on the road five weeks and then I'd come home, home to Florida now, because at that point, I told my now husband, I was like, I don't want to be in New York. I want to move to Florida. It's been a dream of mine since I was a little girl. I've never been there. And so I want to go. So when I first visited Florida, I fell in love. I'm like, I'm, I have to live here. And so um, we would come back here and for like a week, and then we go back out on the road. But my first trucking job, actually, where I actually got paid, was hauling exotic cars. So imagine me at 21 years old, <laughs> and I get a funny story. I got into a bar, and this guy was like, you know how to start? Yeah, I do, yeah. And I'm sitting in the car like, holy crap, how do you start this thing? Because I'm used to a key, you know, you put it in the ignition. And he's right. like, you sure you're okay? And they're like, yeah, I got it. I got it. And then finally, like, it was like all the angels came and was like, the button's right here. And so I pressed it, and I was like, Oh, thank goodness. And then like, it was so many terrifying moments. Like when you, like those cars, if you touch the gas, they like go. And most of them are stick. And I'm just like. Now, what kind of car is that? Because the internet kind of went out a little. Oh, I'm sorry. My internet's been funky lately. It's a um, Viper. It was a Viper. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my goodness. And so, but I fell in love with the, the, the whole being able to move expensive cars and that bloomed into me, actually, me and my now husband starting a car hauling business. So eventually we worked for somebody at that time. Um, but yeah, that was my first real job. So I was making a lot of money um, hauling these enclosed cars. And the tips were amazing because rich people give you a lot of money. <laughs> so, oh, wow. So that was hauling like one car at a time or a lot of cars? Oh, so different different individuals would, would hire you, but you'd have them all on one um i don't know what the truck is called the truck but um and so would you drop them off in different i mean different states or how did that work um well when i worked for that particular person um we just ran the east coast at the time so we would just go from florida to new york long island and um yeah so we would pick up in florida different places the, the trailer would hold six cars so we would pick up six cars from six different people and then drop them off in new york and we usually would drop them at the Lamborghini dealership because there was a broker there. And that's when I learned about brokers, which got me into a whole nother field in my life. But, um, and he would just take all the cars and he would basically give them out to his private customers. So they wouldn't have to do that, that he took that responsibility. And I was like, wow, I like this white glove service. Like, I think that's so cool. And I started asking him more questions about what he did. And I knew I wanted a family and trucking wouldn't be the end all be all. So right. 
um, when I just fell in love and I started doing research. So for the next nine or so years, when I drove trucks, I always had it in my mind that my next step was going to be to be a broker. And I wanted to be like him. I didn't want to be a broker like most brokers, which is they just stay on the phone. They tell you where to go. They're not pleasant to deal with. I wanted to be like him. He was happy. He had on his little shorts and he was living a relaxed lifestyle. He wasn't right. fancy. So I'm like, I want that. So yeah. And is that what you're doing now? In addition to your automation? Because I'm getting the gist that you have more than one business. Yes, ma'am. I have two businesses. Um, and yeah, well, I don't broker anymore. So what happened is after I had my, when we got pregnant, I don't want to say knocked up because I keep saying that, but we were <laughs> trying to have a baby. It was intentional. And so when we finally got pregnant, um, at six months pregnant, I came out of the truck and I started my brokering business. And when I started my brokering business, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. There was no training online, nobody to teach you. And I had to figure it all out. Luckily, we had a big savings. So I was able to play around with about $15,000. So tell me, tell, tell us what a broker does exactly. Okay, so a broker is just the middleman. And I like to use football terms because most people could understand that. It's like you have in football, you have the team and then you have the player and then you have the agent. The agent's job is to find the player, the proper team that suits him and his pockets. That's what a broker is. A broker is similar to an agent. So your job is to find the carrier, the truck driver for your client's vehicles. So the oh, broker okay. works for the people shipping their car. So if you were to move across country, you have two options. You can call a broker or you can call the truck driver directly. A lot of people don't like dealing with the truck driver directly because they're not the nicest people in the world to deal with. And they're not, they don't, they don't have teams or they don't have the capacity to deal with individual customers at all times. Whereas a broker, that's your job. Like your job is to manage your customers. So you could have a hundred clients in a month, whereas the truck driver can't. So right. most people end up calling a broker. They're the ones that do all the marketing. And so you deal with the broker and then the broker finds you a reliable truck driver to move your car for you. So. And then how do you decide the cost? Is it mileage, like depending on how many miles you're moving the car or the, does, the, does the type of car have anything to do with it? How does that structure work? Um, it first begins with whether or not they want their car closed in. So where it's not subjected to the elements mm -hmm. and then the other, if, or the open option, usually the open option where you see, that's the colors you see going down the road where you can see the cars on them. That's usually cheaper. So that's the first most important part of the puzzle. The value of your car doesn't really matter as much because it's really just where it's going and whether you want open or enclosed. Enclosed is like double the price. So if you want it protected, it's almost double the price. Then the next one is based on mileage, but I never price based on mileage. For me, because I used to be a truck driver, I come from the angle of, I know how much a car should pay on this route. So that's what I tell my client, plus as a broker, my service fee. So um, that's how brokers get paid. And I like that job. After I figured it out on my own, it was a decent job, but it kind of, it started to stress me a little bit. And there was things that I saw in an industry that bothered me. A lot of the more seasoned vets in the industry, a lot of the older brokers, they were stuck in their ways and they didn't do things that I felt were ethical. They would lie to the customers, they would lie to the drivers, and it would bother me. So I have a heart and I'm sensitive and I always treat people in business like they're my family. Like that's just my personality. And so customers would come to me and tell me what other brokers said. And I'd get so upset 
And so one day I uploaded a ranty video to YouTube and I'm like, I'm so sick and tired of brokers and blah, blah, blah. Right. It was really ranty. Oh, wow. And it started drawing attention. And, um, I had already been on YouTube using YouTube as a platform to educate my customers. And eventually I found brokers that were coming in asking me, Hey, can you help me? Can you teach me how to be like you? I want to be like you. I don't want to be like them. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. Amazing. Yeah. And so then that led to me starting to teach them. And I'm just like, I never expected to teach them. I was making plenty of money being a broker. And now I've had people saying, can you teach me? So I'm like, I have no idea how to teach people, but I'm going to try. Right. I was a tutor, but that's as far as that went. (laughs) Um, And so I started taking one-on-one clients and I pretty much leveraged the one-on-one experience to build an online course. And I built this online course and I marketed it I had my fake launch. I call it fake launch because I had no idea what I was doing. I was just Googling people and watching what they were doing and trying to replicate it in an industry where it was only 50 searches a month. Like literally, like people aren't really searching how to be a broker. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, and I started getting people in and I had one guy tell me, he said, Ashley, you, I feel like you're holding back something. And I was because I had my broker business that was successful. I was getting my own clients and I had secrets on how I ran it and oh, I wasn't wow. teaching them and he felt it. And I'm like, how the heck did you feel that? Like, dude. Energy, energy. You can feel he was intuitive. Yeah, yeah clearly. And he was like, I, I love your course. I feel like it's been perfect, but I just feel like there's something you're not telling us. There's something missing. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I can't tell you everything. So that day I had to make a decision either go with my high paying broker job or go to this online course and teach people that wasn't making any money. Like I literally probably made $1,500 at that point, maybe if that, right. And so I'm like, I don't know. To my husband and I said, babes, I'm about to quit brokering. And he looked at me, he said, whatever makes you happy. I am so grateful to this day that he gave me that space because we were like, he gave up a lot of money to trust in me to to build something that he had no, like nobody knows about online courses at that time. And he's like, this is how long ago was that? About 2014. He was like, so it was just like B school was like the most popular thing at the time. And he was just like, do it. He said, if you feel, he's like, I know my life is smart and capable. So if you think you can do it, I trust in you. And so that year, I think I made $8,000, which is horrible in the, in with that program. Of course. And um, yeah, but the following year I tripled it. And then I just been growing since, but um, so I quit brokering and that's why I no longer broker. So um, to answer the question that was like 20 minutes ago. Um, that's how, that's what I do now in that business, but that business is fully automated. So I got a taste of making money, waking up and seeing people, you know, congratulations, you've got a sale, like that feeling that high, like, I don't know what it's like to do drugs, but it was like, it's like a drug. It's addictive. I'm like, wait, so I put in six months of work to build this thing. And I put, I put out YouTube videos occasionally, you know, and I'm making money without leaving my house. I can sit on the couch. I can raise my children. Like, so it became like this addiction. So I pretty much had leveraged that and automated that. And since, and it was like about maybe 60% automated up until last year, last year, I like 98% automated. Cause I knew I was like, I'm going to do a different business now. Like I'm kind of tired of trucking. I'm kind of tired of the male dominated feel like I'm ready to do something more in alignment with me mm-hmm. as a person. 
And so I automate it to like 98% because you know, with sales, it's still, there's still that element that you have to answer have to do those things. You can't fully automate something. And I've actually increased my, I've had the highest months in income since I audit. And it's because I still tweak the automation process. I still make it human. I still, I do the things that most people aren't doing. So that's why people, when they get introduced to automated businesses, they're like, yeah, but then you're going to sound like a robot. Everybody knows it's automated. Trust me. My students don't know. Every time an email goes out, they're like, they're responding and thinking it's me. And I'm just like, <laughs> they only knew. But hopefully they don't see this pod, this video or listen to the podcast because then they're going to be like, wait, wait, what actually? <laughs> then they're going to know my secret. But yeah. No, they're going to want you to teach them your secret. That's, that's what they're going to want. Um, so when we met um, in the May to do this program, you were talking more airy-fairy kind of things like, what was it? I can't remember because you were going to use a particular song and it was more like happy, happy. And I had a totally like different impression or vibe about what you were going to do. And then when you started talking about automations, I'm like, what, where'd that come from? What, what? So what was it that you were going to do and tell us what you're doing now? Okay. So when I went into that program for the past four years, I knew that business, I wanted to move away. Like I, it was being in a male dominated field, being the only girl of four children, it's been men, men, men. And then going through the abuse that I've gone through, the rape I've been through, I just did not want to be around men anymore. So I've been looking for something else because the business was pretty much automated. I knew I could have time to do something else. So around 2016, two years into having my program, I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I want something else. And so I searched and I searched and I've done things and I've tried different businesses and I have a personality that I have, I'm non-committal, right? So, uh -huh. um, only in my relationship, we're 15 years strong and I am solid right there. But when it comes to colors and from the wall, <laughs> what's my favorite color today, anything like that, I drive my mom crazy. She's like, can you just make up your mind already? And that's how I am about businesses. So I kept trying businesses. I'd make a little bit of money. And then I'm just like, I want to do something else. Right. right. And so um, when I got into that program, it was me saying to myself, it's time to focus. So this year, 2020, I was like, I'm going to focus and choose something and do that. But I came into the program open-minded. I didn't want to bring my past experiences or anything in. I wanted to see what was going to happen to me and where I was going to evolve and grow, from, like where I was going to grow. Mm -hmm. What ended up happening is I started to get in touch with the fact, Kathy says, your pain is your purpose. Because I went through an abuse, a very bad abusive relationship that had me go from this bubbly, energetic person to a shy, insecure just, it was, it, it was a horrible, in a year and a half, even my mother said, she didn't know what was going on in the relationship, but she said she saw the change. I went from being happy to angry and I would get angry with people. I was just different. And um, I lost my security net. I lost that feeling of just being me and I didn't know who I was anymore. And so when I saw that my pain could help other people, I was like, I wanna help women love themselves more. Women that's been through abuse, let their color shine and that's where that was the uh -huh. whole song because I, I felt like there's i have friends my mom went through even she recently went through abuse at her age she's over 50 and she just went into an abusive relationship and i helped her through it and i'm like maybe this is where i'm supposed to be maybe this is where god is leading me 
Right. And so that was the path I was on for so many weeks. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. But something just never felt right about it. Something in my heart just never felt like I wanted to do that. And I don't know if it's because I'm so sensitive, because I'm so emotional, that taking on other people's emotions, yeah. I need positivity, I need light. So I don't think I can handle that. I didn't feel like I was the person to do that. So right. it left me, and then COVID happened on top of that. And it left me at like week 10, scrambling like what am I going to do what is it that I was meant to do in this world right. and there was a hot seat and I remember Kathy was talking to the lady the the beautiful woman I don't want to say girl because I tend to do that um and when she started talking about tech I'm just like Adrian what's her name and I'm like oh my goodness like I started feeling my body reacted, not even my mind. I'm on the call and I'm just getting all antsy. I'm like, oh my God, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. And I felt jealous and I don't get jealous. Like I have never been that jealous person and I literally felt jealous. And that's when I knew, okay, something is there. And I said, you know, all my life, I've, I've always gravitated towards writing. I took so many copywriting courses. I said, um, I love emails. I love automating my business. I love the it's like a challenge to figure out what i can say to somebody automated that makes it seem human and just getting a reaction so for me it's fun i've been doing this on my own and i enjoy it so when i heard that i'm like the pieces started to fall together and i'm like and it's scalable because i'm not a one-on-one -on -one girl i got hooked on automations i literally fell in love with making money and not doing the work being free to do whatever i want and well, you do the work because you have to do the well, work. Well, yeah, 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 you have to do work. Yeah, you're 100% right there. And I had a note to myself, please don't say that actually because then people are going to think like, yeah, I had put in six months of work in that program. So I did, I did the work, but I got addicted to that, like that feeling. So I was like, I knew, like I've designed websites for people, even in that other business, like sometimes they hire me to design their website or do their branding and I do their logos for them. And I have these experiences and all these gifts and talents and but it was just something about hearing that I can actually make a business out of something I do anyway that put the pieces. So my brain started working. I'm like, well, I don't want to copy exactly what the girl was doing. The right. woman, sorry, correction. <laughs> I said, I don't want to copy what she's doing. I want to do it my way. And that's where I sat down one night and I'm writing exactly what I feel. And the words hooked on automations came out because that's how I feel about myself. And I'm like, I wonder if people would want to learn about that because at that time, it seems like everybody are wanting group coaching programs and they're trying to move away from online courses. And I'm like, yeah, but my online courses, I have a high completion rate. I have a, like a literally 1% refund rate. And it's usually people that are like, I never bought that, that program. Like it's like that. And it's been five in how many years since 2014? Like I've had five, oh, wow. I've kept count because if I lose the case, I'm like, wait, what happened? So <laughs> only five refunds. Like that's amazing in the online course it space. Is. Right. So yeah. I said, I'm doing something right clearly. And I, and I'm like, well, let me put this out there and see what happens. And so I put it out there and I'm like, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to teach people how to make sales on autopilot or I call it sales on automation. And I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. And I've been having the time of my life. I feel guilty because it's like, I'm having fun. And I'm like, that's what business is supposed to be about, yeah, having fun. And so, definitely. yeah, that's what I do now. So now I'm teaching people how to pretty much create a digital product, whether it's a product or a course, because I have both, and how to make sales while they sleep. I don't like using that word because I feel like everybody uses it so cliche, and copywriting tell you cliche is never good. So I basically help you get paid to have fun, to grow your list. Yes, you can get paid to actually grow your email list. People don't know that, right. and get paid to launch. And so 
That way you can wake up just like me, feeling that high off of that, congratulations, you've got a sale. Like there's nothing that will ever beat that. And I'm a Taurus, so naturally I'm drawn to money. May oh, you're a Taurus? Yeah. May 14. May 14. Oh, May 5th. So we, we both just had birthdays recently. I didn't even realize that. That is so yeah. funny. Yes, yeah, okay. so I'm money is my thing. Money is my husband laughs. He calls me the biggest capitalist in the world. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I there's ethical money because I would never do anything unethical right. to get the money, but I love getting money and I can't right. help it. And I'm not ashamed of that. And I want people to be able to step into that. And especially as women, we tend to fear the whole getting money or wanting money or feeling guilty for that. And we shouldn't. We should not feel guilty. We definitely, should get our money. Definitely. We're worth it. That's why I started the Money Book Club, because well, a lot of women don't even feel comfortable talking about money, more or less making money. They don't even feel like they're worthy of it or deserve it because they've been, especially as women get old, are older, that are older too, they heard different messages like they should depend on the man for the money. Um, so I love that you're saying I love money. And we live in a capitalistic society. So, I mean, you should be taking advantage of it. We all should. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it's funny because even though my dad is from the older generation era, era, anyway, you know what I'm Era. Era. I can't say the word. Um, he always taught me that. He always said, make your own money. That way you don't depend on anybody get your education because beauty fades, right? But your brain will always be there until it's not, right? And so those were the things that was instilled in me from a little girl and to save. So I've always had those three core values that was instilled in me. Don't depend on a man for anything. You don't have to depend on them. Yes, you can, you know, you get married and then you work through your, your you know, it's not like, oh, this is my money, right. but get your money, save your money. So money was never something I was ashamed of. And it's always been something that I chased. And to the point where that's how I end up a truck driver. I did jobs where, you know, it paid a lot of money and that motivated me. But then I got to a point in my life where I'm like, okay, I make the money, but I want also fulfillment at the same time. I want to have fun and make the money. And so that's where what I'm doing now allows me to do both. And when you reach that point in your life, it is an amazing feeling. Nothing beats that. Nothing beats that. Right. Yeah. So has the pandemic, have you seen it have any effect on either, you know, the way, the way you run business or the way you're being able to sell your business? Has it had any effect at all? Um, when it first began, I probably around February, I had my worst month ever in my uh, autom in the business that I automated. I actually had like, it was like so bad. It was like $200. I literally made that month. And I'm like, what the heck happened? Like February, March, April are usually my biggest months ever. And I made $200. Like that's how bad it was that I even speak on it. I don't like telling like my income statements or anything like that. But right. when it comes to that, I'm just like $200. People need to know, like it was bad. And I was thinking like, is this over? Like, is my business done? But what I found was the following month, it picked back up. So something, something people, I was affected a little bit, but then people started to feel more confident and, or started to just say, okay, I need a new direction. And mm -hmm. so um, after that, I've been fine. And even when I launched this business, the automations business, I did fine. I was able to get six clients without having a website or a sales page, just by being me and showing up and right. just giving value. So yes, there are some places, some people that probably have experienced like a very 
shock in their business. But because my business is like teaching people how to make money online, really in the brokering space, because you don't need an office. You can do that from home. Mm-hmm. I, I seen that decline. I still don't know what caused that February to be like that. But ever since it's been perfectly fine. And even I think this past month has been my highest ever. I, oh, I think I, yeah. I came close to <laughs> almost 20 K. So it's been that's my highest amazing. month ever. So From yeah. 200 to 20 K. Yeah. It was that's, crazy. That's yeah. That's wild. So what kind of um, parting thoughts? I mean, that's a cliche too, but um, what, what do you, what information would you like to leave with women? That's a good question. Wow. Like, I feel like knowledge, you're, 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 <laughs> I mean, you're a very knowledgeable person and for a young person, you've had a very interesting journey and you're just getting started. So um, we could learn a lot from you. <laughs> I would say that the biggest thing that women, that I can tell other women is don't be afraid to want to get paid for what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the reason is because I struggle with that a lot. I, and to this day, I still struggle with that. So I'm not exempt from that. And so I think that's a big problem. Women should not be afraid to ask for more money because we play it small and it's time to stop playing small and play the big boys game. Let's play with the big boys because yeah. we deserve that at the yeah. very least. And so that's what I hope women take from this is that no matter what it is you're doing, ask for what you're worth. And I know people don't believe in what you're worth, but ask for it. And sometimes double that because what you think you're worth is not even close to what you're truly worth. Right. I love that. So tell us where we can find you on the internet. Um, I have a private Facebook group called Hooked on Automations, but if you just go to hookedonautomations.com, you can join my email list and it will give you an invite to the Facebook group. And that's pretty much where I hang out the most. And I mean, I'm on Instagram at the Ashley Lachey, which is my first and middle name. Um, and so you can find me there too, but I, I'm obsessed with my, my Facebook group. Okay, Ashley. Well, thank you. I love this interview. It's, I've learned a lot from you. Thank you for having me. It was such a fun time. I enjoyed every bit of it. You're welcome. See, I told you it wasn't Ashley fun. It was a great interview. And make sure you go check out all her amazing information. I just checked her social media because she mentioned that she's pregnant. And as I'm recording this, I think she gave birth to the baby today. I saw a post yesterday saying that he was coming. So um, reach out and congratulate Ashley. And while you're at it, make sure that you go to midlifemoneymaker.com and subscribe to the newsletter. And it's just been a fun week. I've been included in something called the Black Coaches Directory as an amazing money coach. And I've been featured on Don't Keep Your Day Job podcast. So a lot of fun and exciting things are going on in my world. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe and tell all your friends and family about it. And um, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.